Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Laughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today it is just the three of us again. And we're here to talk about this month's sustainable development goal, which is goal number 13. Lucky 13. Climate action. Correct, Maddie? You got it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the series that we're doing, this is a part of the Global Aquaculture Alliance's Aquaculture 101 campaign. So if you want to learn more about it, you can check out the hashtag Aquaculture 101 on your favorite social media network. And this month, we're talking all about climate action in honor of the recent Earth Day that just happened and April was Earth Month. So it's all along that theme. And this is actually a super relevant goal to aquaculture and seafood and food systems as a whole because they're so intertwined with climate change and everything that goes along with that. So I'm excited to talk about this goal with you guys this month. How many total goals are there? There are 17 goals. And this year we're going over one goal a month. So we're not going to cover all of them. We're just going to cover the ones that are most closely tied to aquaculture and how food systems can help accomplish that sustainable development goal. And the sustainable development goals were put forth by the United Nations in the year 2015. So they're essentially these points that we all as a collective world and species should be working towards if we want a more sustainable future. And they're consistent, right? They don't like change each year. Correct. Yeah. It's these are long term. These are the seventeen. They'll always be the seventeen. Maybe they'll add a few more as we continue on with them, but these are the original seventeen. Right. Well, I'm glad we're talking about this one today because I got my update this morning from the New York Times. They send me an email every day of my daily briefing. And one of the little blurbs from one of the stories is about greenhouse gas emissions. And it says global greenhouse gas emissions are on track to fall nearly 8% this year, which is the largest drop ever recorded. The International Energy Agency reported, but it says that the only way to sustainably reduce emissions is not through painful lockdowns, but by putting the right energy and climate policies in place. So it's almost like, you know, as we're dealing with this really difficult time and this this pandemic that is just having such a negative impact on so many people's lives, it's almost like in a roundabout way, the world is throwing us a bone a little bit and giving us a chance to kind of give our planet a break and take the time to really put in their correct policies to make sure that we continue down that path. Mm, yeah, it's like I a mean, little 8%, reset button. 8% is no joke. We're talking global That's emissions. significant. We're not just talking That's emissions in New York City. Huge. We're talking emissions in the US. We're talking emissions in China. Emissions in every country all around the world is down 8%, which is not insignificant at all. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. I did not realize that it was that much. And it's, it's huge. I mean, it's been six weeks since we've started self-quarantining, six or seven. It feels like And that's two years. a lot in just that short amount of time. I mean, even though we're all stuck at home, it feels like it's been a lot longer than six weeks. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, that's a lot in a short period of time. So that's really encouraging. That's a great note to start this on. So if you would like to get more in depth, 
about this topic. We have a blog post about this and we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. So we're just going to go over the cliff notes of how aquaculture measures up to this sustainable development goal and how aquaculture and fish farming can help support climate action initiatives in the future. So the seafood industry as a whole is really susceptible to climate change because Climate change uniquely is affecting ecosystems and our oceans, water level rising, extreme weather events, and all of these have a huge impact on fisheries and fish farms alike, both of them. Yeah, ocean water is a a giant carbon sink, which means that it absorbs the carbon dioxide that's in the water, that's in the air, which means that those plants and animals that are dependent on the ocean for their livelihood, you know, to survive, they're going to be the ones facing some negative impacts like ocean acidification and temperature fluctuations, um, things like that. So we think of it as the ocean is helping us out by, you know, soaking up all this carbon. But when you're on the receiving end of that, it's there's there's a lot of issues. And aquaculture relies on that environment to raise good, healthy, safe seafood. So, you know, having those negative effects on your product is, is kind of scary for for fish farmers and for fishermen because there's going to be less available out there to catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunately true. So going along that line, the sighting of fish farms is actually very important when considering climate change potential impacts. So luckily, since farms are mostly located in the water, some are land-based, but most of them are located in the water. That means that they're a lot less susceptible to land-based weather events like tornadoes, droughts, floods. Those are all land-based events, so they don't have any impact on these water-based farms. So that's a good thing because extreme weather events are on the rise with climate change. So another huge consideration when thinking about how aquaculture could be impacting or impacted by climate change is greenhouse gas emissions, because that is really, no pun intended, the hot topic with climate change. Pun absolutely intended. Um, So greenhouse gas emissions, I'm sure you've heard of them before, but greenhouse gases are gases that are in our atmosphere that do not leave our atmosphere. So it's carbon, it's nitrogen, methane, and when they are emitted into our atmosphere, they tend to heat things up if there's too much of those gases in our environment. So when more greenhouse gases are emitted, it raises the temperature of the atmosphere, which then raises the temperature of the earth and the oceans. So it's a really big deal to consider how much emissions our industry is contributing to the atmosphere. Although fisheries and aquaculture are small global contributors in the grand scheme of things, it they both still do contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. So there is definitely work to be done. And luckily, since the aquaculture industry is very technology based and constantly open to new developments and things that are coming up, a lot of farms are using alternative energy sources. So solar power, hydropower, wind power, a lot of farms are moving towards this, especially land based farms to help decrease their greenhouse gas emissions. And if aquaculture wants to be resilient in the face of climate change, and helpful on the field of climate action, then we need to just embrace those even more than we already are. And what about on the wild-caught fisheries side? I mean, I know when we spoke with Andrew Mallison early on, I think that was maybe the first interview we even did for this show. He was talking about fishermen kind of having to chase down their target species because the stocks have moved 
to different locations. You know, they're following their food. They're following the optimal temperatures for them. So maybe some stocks of fish that, you know, are cold water species, they've now moved up further north and fishermen need to take longer trips to go find those species and go to where the fish are, um, which means that they're using more fuel and releasing more emissions that way, taking longer trips and maybe getting a smaller haul as a result. So it's not just having an effect, you know, we're not, we're not just going to focus on aquaculture, but you know, that is the main topic of that is the main focus for this blog post, but we acknowledge that it's having an impact on wild-caught fisheries as well. It certainly is. It certainly is. For sure. And I encourage everyone to go back. We re-released it just a couple weeks ago, our Global Climate Change episode. Give that a listen. Check that out. And then also some of the episodes that we've spoken with Holly Froelich on because she she has done a lot of research on uh, the connections between seafood systems, particularly aquaculture and global climate change and how they're related. So we can link to some of those uh, those notes and some of those other episodes as well. Yeah, definitely. She has a lot of really interesting things to say about this topic. So moving on. What can you do as a consumer, as a person, as an individual? As far as seafood goes, supporting companies, restaurants, grocery stores that you know are doing things right, like limiting their environmental impact and supporting socially responsible practices. If you're supporting the people that you know are doing it right, then that means that they know that they're doing the right thing and they'll continue to do it. So making sure that you put your money where you want it to go. Like, I think we've talked about this in past episodes, too, is that every time you buy something, you're kind of voting for what you want the world to be and what you want your future to be. Mm -hmm. Like, if you buy organic vegetables as opposed to non-organic vegetables, then you're sending a signal to the grocery store that their consumers want more organic food. Yeah. So, And most of those massive, the big grocery chains where people will be going have sustainability protocols in place. Policies. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. They have sustainability policies in place for their sourcing of the food that they sell. So, you know, if you're going to any of the major grocery chains or retailers, they probably have some signage and some information available about it. But I'm sure there's someone that you can ask ask about their sustainability policy and kind of see what it is. And if they say, what, what do you, I don't know what you're talking about, then, um, you know, if this is important to you and you want to make sure that you're helping with this, then maybe find another place that to support that does have a sustainability policy that you can get behind. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I like to do is when I know that a restaurant uses compostable dishware in their takeout, I like definitely like to support that version of takeout over others. Because even though waste is a small amount of what is contributing to climate change, it definitely does add up. Like, think about all the trash that you've produced in your lifetime. And that's, and now a, it's and just that's a different issue, decomposing. too. Um, it may right. not as directly impact the global climate, but it has there are other issues that come along with waste as well. So, right. Everything is connected. Yep. Another thing that you can do to stay up to date about these sort of issues is following accounts on social media or blogs that talk about these things so that you know what's the latest developments, what's the newest science that's out about things that you can do. So following the United Nations and following the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, they have so much great content and videos and infographics and gifts all about climate change and how what you can do. I definitely suggest checking out their Twitters and Instagrams because they have a lot of good information on there. Yeah, just, just being engaged. 
being part of the conversation, yes. staying on top of the news that's coming out surrounding this and the hot topics that, you know, because stuff is coming out about climate change all the time. And if oh, yeah. you don't read up and stay on top of those conversations, you're not going to really know. You'll only have a 30,000 foot view of what's going on. And there's a whole lot more that you could be informed about. So just be a part of the conversation and don't be a don't be a sheep. <laughs> so just basically to wrap things up, the world's food production systems are already are and are going to continue to be impacted by climate change. And it's up to us as producers of seafood, as marketplace professionals, as consumers to move things in the right direction. And aquaculture is definitely going to be vulnerable in the face of climate change. But in the grand scheme of things, we're positioned pretty well that we can be a very resilient industry and help feed the world in a sustainable way. So support farm-raised seafood that you know is responsible, support sustainable fisheries, and doing that will help climate change greatly and your personal carbon footprint. I just want to say, I I know we talk about climate change a lot and people, I don't want people to get like kind of listener fatigue with the climate change stuff because we do bring up a lot of the, the same topics and, um, you know, it's something that we kind of harp on, but this is the largest issue that's facing our planet. And right now, even though we're going through a really tough time all around the world, right now is the perfect opportunity to start looking at the way that we live our lives and the impact that we're having, not only just with food, with the waste that we create, with uh, the, you know, the frivolous spending that we're doing. If, you know, we can talk about economics, but that's a different podcast. This is a really good time. Like I said, when it comes to the environment, the environment's kind of getting thrown a bone a little bit right now. And uh, it's getting a little bit of a break from us, which is, it's not a huge amount, but to have greenhouse gas emissions down 8% this year is going to be an amazing, pun intended, breath fresh air for the environment and for the planet. So let's seize this opportunity to educate ourselves, inform ourselves, and try to make some decisions, both policy decisions and personal decisions, that will help continue the positive impact that the environment is getting now. Or I guess not continue positive impacts, but when we get out of this and we start living the new normal, let's try and have that new normal be a little less harsh <laughs> on our environment. Um, and now's the time to, to look at those policies, put those practices in place, and uh, just do better moving forward. So that's my challenge to all of our listeners, is to look at the way you live your life, and let's, uh, let's, let's take this opportunity to make the changes that we want to make. I'm going to put some background music in there, triumphant background music. Yeah, <laughs> set that NBC where it's, the yeah. more you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, quick episode this week. Check out the blog post for more information about how aquaculture, seafood as a whole, and global climate change are all connected. Take a look at some of the links that we have so you can listen to our other episodes that talk about global climate change. Take a look at some of the research that we've talked about in the past and make sure that you do all the things. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening and connect with us on social media. Justin can walk you through how to do all that and just try to Stay sane as you stay home. <laughs> yeah, to Sean's point, follow us on social at AquademiaPod. That's our Twitter handle. Send us an email at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And per all of our previous episodes, we do have a voicemail line, but we are not currently in the office. So please reach out to us in one of those two methods. Uh, we definitely like hearing from you. We've gotten a lot of good 
topic ideas and guests from you reaching out to us. So continue to do so. Yep. And if you have reached out to us and haven't gotten a response from us yet, give us a little bit of time. We're, we're, we're all kind of having hectic schedules right now. I promise we will get back to you and we will respond to those emails. Uh, we're, we're trying to get through them as quickly as we can. But uh, thanks for your patience with that. So, Maddie, Justin, you guys have anything else you want to talk about with climate change? I know it was kind of a quick one. Uh, nothing real huge. I think the biggest takeaway is that reduction of gas emissions that's projected for this year. So I think that was nice to get a little positive news. Is there anything else that you guys want to throw in there? No, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. If there was anyone out there that was debating whether or not we actually can make a difference as individuals, look at what a collective group. Uh, I know this is hard times for a lot of countries and people. but It's almost like we were forced to do it. And so let's uh, figure it out. Great. Maddie, any, any last uh, words of wisdom before we sign off? No, just thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Ciao. 